Well, I think I got $1,000 uh, richer. Now it's $2,000, our bet, uh, on uh, is Joe Biden going to be the candidate? And if not, is it Michelle Obama? I say yes. He says no. We made a $1,000 bet. I mean, he's just crazy flush with cash, just willing to give me another $1,000. You're the one that tried to raise the stakes here. That was you doing that. Not me. Not the way I remember I don't it. feel good about it. You don't I'll feel be good honest about it. it. Like, my, my brain tells me it's a good bet, but my heart does not okay, feel. $3,000. I don't I mean, think... your brain, you don't listen to your heart. You listen to your brain, right? I've Still? already listened to it to the extent we're $2,000 already. <laughs> At some point, Lisa's going to call in and go, Shut, stop, what is, stop saying yes to stop. things. You know, I could have bought like a quarter of a purse by now. Right. Uh, but anyway. Anyway, uh, great program for you today. We um, we have Steve Krakauer on. What else do we talk about? Um, no idea. I, I mean, it was remember. it was very bad. Well, a horse on, on the highway. Oh, a horse. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that quite a bit. Horse on the highway. This is a show you just don't want to miss. Brought to you by Berna Technology. Now, Stu, did we lay any money down on the shooting that we... Uh, we did not. No, did not. there's not. no seat. But again, that was my brain. I know you're a better shot than I am, so yeah. I did not bet anything on our Berna shooting expedition. Yeah, so we, we did. We should pull, we should get those uh, tapes so we can play them and show everybody. I thought I did pretty well. You I actually did. I was actually, I mean, it was so easy to use. Yeah, as, for somebody who's completely incompetent, it's great. Yeah, again, he said, they're like, oh, we're going to do this course where you go around, you shoot all these targets. I'm like, oh, this is perfect because I'll just run between the targets and easily be able to defeat Glenn because, you know, he's like a sloth. And, you know, <laughs> Takes like twenty minutes to go five Yet feet. You still, yeah, but you you put the targets right next to each other. You had to take two steps. I didn't put the targets there. Well, they did. The Berna people you, did. What, do you think they're on my side? Yes, of course they are. Of course they are. You learned some <laughs> lessons. Now, Berna, Berna technology. It is just like, uh, it, I mean, it's just like a gun. Looks like a gun, shoots like a gun, but no kickback, no sound. Um, and th- they have, they come with their own little target tent thing that you could do, you know, at your house. And they're really, really great for uh, less than lethal situations. Uh, you know, when you pull out your gun, you're going to want to kill them. Uh, and, and that's why I like to not have guns around when I'm around Stu. Um, because, you know, the tear gas is fine. I don't want him. Well, I don't want to be charged with his murder. Uh, so so I have Berna. And my family has Berna. Stu has Berna. We have them in our homes. They are a great alternative to a lethal gun. Berna, B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. Berna dot com slash Glenn. Save 10% now. Here's the podcast. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. So, yesterday, um, I think that was it was an important day for those who are fighting for the republic. I, I have often told you, you need to know who is standing by your side. Um, and most people know that my former Fox News colleague, Tucker Carlson, went to Russia to interview Putin. Something that everyone... Uh, Every journalist would love to do, but nobody can get an interview. But he did. Aha. Why did he get the interview? I think it's because he's pro-Putin. 
the media and the left, uh, as well as the Lindsey Grahams of the world, gave birth to a whole litter of kittens when it happened. But those who know and have gone, gone uh, to really get to know Tucker and have grown to trust him as a defender of uh, American ideas and ideals began to question some of the things that happened while he was there. Now, I didn't question him, but it left a, I don't know, a lingering doubt, okay? The, the, the things that he talked about with the grocery stores and the subways, they're clean and nice. Yeah, I, I got it. Now, people pointed to that and said, that's proof Tucker not only loves Putin, but he wants an authoritarian state here so we can have clean subways. Is that what he was saying? I personally think he's too smart for that. He knows who Durante was. Durante was a New York Times reporter. He was a communist or at least a very big communist sympathizer who was working for the Times, went to cover Russia and knowingly helped Stalin cover up the murder of about 8 million Ukrainians. A little something called the Holodomor. He wrote lovingly about the clean streets and the subways and how this planned economy and planned state functioned with perfection and everybody loved it. Tucker knows history. He's no Durante. He loves his country. So what gives? What was he saying? He's not on Putin's side at war or peace, but yet he doesn't seem to condemn him. What is he advocating? When he shows us the subways, is he telling us that we need, I don't know, to bring back law and order and we need a strong man to clean up the streets? Or does he believe the Declaration, the Constitution, and Bill of Rights is the way to fix our country? I found my answer. And while it's the latter, there's more. So let's start with the shopping carts and the subways and the state, how great they were. Cut one. Let me now go to some of the criticism of you that, you know, John Stewart just did a piece. I don't know if you've seen it on you, um, but no. yeah, I never watched them either. I know. So, uh, you know, you went in, you said Moscow is clean. The the subways are wonderful. Look at the chandeliers. Well, you I know you, Tucker, you're smart enough to know who built those to look like that and why. Um, and Durante went over. I said, it, I said it in the piece. So Walter Durante denied the existence. He was a New York Times correspondent in yeah. Russia in the 30s. He denied, of course, the, the Ukrainian Holy famine, Moore. which was Stalin. That's exactly right. And he denied that the show trials of 1937, 38, that the, the terror uh, was, was happening. So um, those were lies. OK, he told lies. And that's why his. Pulitzer Prize was pulled from him posthumously. I told the truth in order to shame our leaders. That subway station I showed was built by Stalin in 1939. Joseph Stalin, probably the worst person in human history. That was over 80 years ago, and it's still in perfect shape. Okay, that's the point. Look at what Moscow has and compare it to what we have. So, but we and you have, have to ask yourself, like, no, this is this is an indictment of our leaders. And I would recommend to every single one of your viewers and listeners, if you can, go spend a week in Moscow 
not, not because you love Russia, but because you love your own country. And compare that city, the largest city in Europe, 13 million people, compare it to the city that you live in or the city near you, which is in better shape. So, so actually, it's an indictment. It's a radicalizing indictment of our rapidly declining standard of living and the horrible mismanagement of our leaders. Why don't we have a subway like that okay, in so, any American so wait, 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 city? Wait, wait. Why do we have a single American city with no crime? Like, what is this? So I, I went on to talk to him about this, and I said, well, wait. I mean, that's because a dictator. There's no, there's no drug problem in China because you can just execute them on the spot. Right. So what are you saying? And again, he reiterated, I'm showing those things because I think Americans should be pissed off that this country, which we're told is on the brink of collapse, it's still together. What's our excuse? Why is it not together here? And he was saying, I want to shame our politicians and wake the American people up, saying, we used to have clean streets. We didn't need a dictator. We did it because it was the right thing to do. And we didn't have leadership that was leading us down this path of more and more chaos and drugs and crime and decay. So did you get the sense, because like the reason Russia has that and has been able to maintain it for 80 years, right, mm -hmm. is because they have certain policies they've implemented. You mentioned, obviously, the crime part of this, right? They are right. very, they're very, diff they're difficult on people who break yes. their rules. Uh, but also like another part of that policy is uh, centralized government spending money on prioritizing spending on government institutions to make them pretty. Yes. And secondarily, making sure, focusing money on cities where foreigners come to visit, as opposed no, to rural areas where they let people... Right. So he, I mean, he, he's, he's not asking is, for those policies, no, obviously. No. So He believes we've already had that. He was saying, we had gleaming cities. Mm -hmm. We had beautiful cities. We still do. But he went in to talk about how now you've got a gigantic homeless village in front of Union Station, which is one of the most beautiful uh, train right. stations we in the country, and it's right across the street from the Capitol. He's like, that's not money. So that's that's policy and it's a that question is driving of, this. It's maybe even more than that, priorities, right? Like Because we certainly, if we're building turtle tunnels, right, we certainly have the money yeah, he's, to be able to keep maintain these buildings. We're choosing other priorities. Is that he sort is, of his... His thing is, we're not choosing... The people aren't choosing them. The government... The government. The government uh, and the, you know, whatever you call this ruling class, they are actively trying to destroy our cities and our country by saying, don't enforce crime. Hmm. Let drugs prevail. Let people out on bail that are violent. Let them do whatever they want. Don't question. And so it's not necessarily a praising of Russia. It's, it's a, a criticism it's of our policies. of our policies, mm. of not even our policies, our politicians mm. who are intentionally destroying our nation. He's like, it doesn't have to be this way. And we all know it. And we all have to get pissed off about it to stand up and say enough is enough. Yeah. Okay. So I pushed him on this hard. I mean, you listened to it, right? Yeah. Yep. Pushed him hard on this because I wanted to know, I think it's important to be very clear on what we are advocating. 
because everybody will make you will put words into your mouth. And it's important on some subjects because there are those who love America and love the Lord that are currently being called Christian nationalists, and that's not who they are. But there are Christian nationalists that are advocating things, and it is important to understand, are you this or are you that? If you're looking to get the church directly involved in the state and the government to rule, then that is un-American. That's Christian nationalism. However, if you believe our values come from the teachings of the Bible and you refuse to check those values at the door of your public office, why? Why would you do that? Every day I walk through the door, I'm just as much Christian on the outside of this door as I am on the inside of this studio. I don't check my values because it makes me who I am. I don't, I, you know, you just don't want some Christian tyrant as the CEO. I don't want him coming in here saying, you need to talk about Jesus some more. I don't want that. And I certainly don't want that in a government. The problem is the hour is growing late and we have to reconnect with the truth quickly and with what we learned as kids, Christ-like love, forgiveness, and then the backbone to say, crucify me. I don't care. This is true. That's what, that's what I think he is saying. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's what he's saying. Without a strong moral code of ethics and decency, and fact-based truth, you have no civilization to fight for. That's clear. I want to give you one more question before the break. So I asked him, I pushed him and pushed him, and he said, I, you know, I'm, I'm really having a hard time not using the F word here. Uh, and I finally got to a place to where I think I understood what he was saying, but I just wanted to be clear. And if you happen to be watching The Blaze, Watch his reaction, because it's 100% genuine. Watch. Where the sticking point is in America right now is there's a lot of people on the right and the left that are both saying, screw the Constitution. We need a radicalized leader. When you, know, when you look at Orban, I think Orban is great for his country. That's not our system. I think, you know, the uh, Moscow might be great, love to visit. That's not our system. So I think, and I, I believe you are, you're, you've already said this, but I want to make sure it's very clear on the record. The only path forward for America is through the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution. Correct? Of course. <laughs> and by the way, I, I should just be very, very clear. If I was, I'm like the one person on the planet, you don't need to guess about my motives. I'll just say them. And if I was advocating for a different form of government or for, for authoritarianism, um, for a strong man, I would just say so. I, I would have no shame in saying that because I really believe that it's within my rights to say what I think. If I, I've, I've been called a racist. If I was racist, I would just say it. I would just say it. But I'm not. And I'm not advocating for that. I'm advocating to return to America of, say, 1993. How radical? Is that really radical? No, I don't think that's very radical. In fact, I think we should be demanding it. And if there's one thing that I will fault Americans for, it's low expectations. You should not put up with this. You should not allow them. The governor of Texas should not allow millions of people to cross his border. 
And I don't want to hear, you know, the excuses. And I don't want to hear the excuses for why it's okay to have tens of thousands of people uh, dying on the street or sleeping on the sidewalk in tents handed to them by the Episcopal Church forever. Like, that's not acceptable. It's not okay for my kids to use drugs at the breakfast table. I'm not going to have a debate about it. No is the answer. I'm within my rights as a father to say that. The U.S. government is within its statutory rights as a government to say that. We don't need more laws. We have the laws. The, they're not being enforced on purpose. And, and to your point, why? And, of course, the reason is because people will lose faith in liberal democracy. Correct. And they will welcome a strong man. And that's exactly what this is about, is the left, and not just the left, I would say that the quisling right um, on Capitol Hill, for whom I just have boundless contempt, they're in on this as well. Yes. People are just going to give up. They're not going to vote that you st- they're going to steal the elections just as they stole the last one, which they did. Sorry. And they're going to steal the next one. And people are just going to be like, you know what? I don't even care. I just totally give up. This is crazy. Just just get get the bums off my street. Some guy just exposed himself to my daughter. Or my nephew just died of a fentanyl OD. Make it stop. Make it stop. You can have all the power you want. That is absolutely what they're going for. And I don't want that. I want to live in the country we lived in in 1993 or 1985, not ancient history. Post-Civil Rights Act, we can do that. Let's do it right now. That's my point. I don't think you could be any more clear on that. Okay, more from the podcast here in just a second. What if I told you that it's not only possible to get rid of that pain you've been carrying around for so long, but you could actually potentially go back to feeling the way you used to? Remember those days? Back when you didn't have to check with your body before everything that you did, and you're like, I don't know, is it worth it if I do this and tomorrow? If you're suffering from pain all the time, I was there with you. My hands were in a world of pain every day. Um, I started taking Relief Factor and found relief there that I never thought I would. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight pain by fighting inflammation. Now, it hasn't taken away. It has taken away all the daily pain, but once in a while, I'll still get pain. It's not, it's, it's not a miracle, although for me, it has been a miracle because I was in constant pain. I couldn't use my hands. 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain by reducing inflammation. 1995, it's got a feel better, your money-back guarantee, so try it. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. Now back to the podcast. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. You know, every day we talk about things that I never thought I'd talk about. I never thought that would be something I had to discuss or think about. Now, Sarah, our board op, is from Philadelphia. And I just want to check with you because maybe this is normal in Philadelphia uh, let me show you what happened yesterday. Uh, cut 15, Philadelphia. That is a horse galloping down the interstate. Interstate 76. Uh, just all by itself, no saddle, just a horse galloping down the freeway. <laughs> what? Is that is that a normal thing in Philadelphia, Sarah? Or? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be, okay, all right. Um, I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen that before? No, I've no. done that road many times when yeah. we lived there. And no, never saw yeah, I haven't seen that anywhere. I mean, I live in a place where, honest to God, there's a, a rancher who has a buffalo ranch, 
And Buffalo can just walk through, you know, the, the barbed wire. They just, it's on their face and they're like, I don't care. And they just keep walking. And once in a while, the town will have to call and say, your Buffalo is in the middle of the street. And they'll say, I know, well, he'll come back home. And that's how you do. Okay. So I, I understand that. I've never seen a horse galloping down the freeway before. Hello, something just isn't right. Do you play that again for me? I I saw this last night and I thought, can you play it? There it is. Yeah. Uh, now that's somebody with their phone outside of their window on the driver's side, just going, I I can't. I am I seeing this? I have to film this because I don't think anybody's ever seen that before. Keeping up nicely with the traffic, though. Those are quick yes. animals. Yeah, I mean, that was like, I think that was an expensive horse. Well, it was, um, I mean, it's that close to Philadelphia. Beautiful you know, you don't so. keep one in a, you know, a walk-up, you know, apartment, you know. That would be a strange choice. It would choice. be a strange yeah, yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would But again, you also a- don't keep it on the highway. So who right. knows what's going on? Right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, how did they find the on-ramp? You know, it's a horse. How did he find really the on-ramp? Really fascinating. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions on that one, but I don't think we're going to get to them. Now- let me show you some of the other things, and let's see if you can tie together what I'm driving at, okay? There is a method to the madness on the things I'm going to show you. These are things I just saw last night. This isn't like, yeah, well, I saw this a month ago, and I've been saying These are things that I spent 20 minutes just scrolling going, well, that one, that one, that one. Okay, so let's start with uh, cut 12, please. For all the New Yorkers in New York City, please pay attention to what I'm about to say. I now this morning got a list from my controller to tell us the tax annual assessments and values. This happens every January to February. I got mine, just on a few of our properties, just a few of them. Every single one of them are going up. Some of them are going up from 10 to 15%, all the way up to 60, 75%. You have no clue what this means to this industry. You have no clue what this means to every average New Yorker. Everybody in New York City is affected. Because I have stores here, supermarkets here, that they're gonna go up $12,000, I got small three family buildings in Red Hook going up $9,000, increase on top of the $30,000 I'm paying. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. So everybody's paying a lot more. Wow, that's weird. Uh, cut, uh, cut 13. This is one about the hotels in New York. Here is the Row Hotel. This is one of the five hotels that has been transformed into a shelter. So we're going to walk in there and see what kind of operation they're running inside. Really nice hotel. How's it going? Oh yeah, we were just checking out the hotel. A hotel is closed, but there's a ton of people in here right now. Yeah, because it's a shelter. Oh, you guys, not a hotel for the migrants coming in. Yeah, yeah, it's no longer open to the public. Closed to the public. How many floors is it? Thirty floors. Thirty. Is it full? Yeah. You guys aren't allowed to talk about it. Why is it like such a big secret? Do you think? 
We just follow orders. When hotels such as the Row Hotel close until further notice, they sign the contract with an outside source saying that they will pay the rent in order for them to house the migrants. And the hotels love it because it is guaranteed money every single night. And at a rate of $200 per night at the Row Hotel, and with 1,331 rooms, that is $260,000 a day, $1.8 million a week, and $7.2 million a month. And all that money is guaranteed. Seven point two million dollars a month for one hotel. One hotel. Who's who's writing that check again? Isn't that kind of important? Who's who's writing that check? One month, seven point two million dollars. Oh, that makes me understand the the other guy who's like, look at our assessment on our building, spot upping. Up 75% tax. Bada bing. Okay. All right. So can we just play the horse running down just because I need to. Oh, there he is running down. (laughs) Uh, Now let me show you. uh, Can can we take cut six, please? The city of Buffalo and some of those first ring suburban areas are are, are having double-digit car thefts in a week, sometimes in a day. Mm. People are stealing cars at a record rate. There's no consequences, accountability, repercussions. Mm. Mm. And there's a problem, CNN says, with homelessness. Uh, cut seven, please. The number of people experiencing homelessness in a single night went up 12% in the United States in 2023, mm. in part because COVID programs preventing evictions and housing losses came to an end. Wow. A quarter uh, of those people were unhoused for the unhoused. first time in their lives. How many people fell into homelessness during COVID? Before COVID, there were probably about 20 or 30,000 people. Now it's 46,000. Mm, mm. um, here hmm. is, uh, here, I think this is Curtis Sliwa just standing on Third Avenue, which when I lived in New York, you, you can't you can't stand in the middle of the street. <laughs> Here he is on Third Avenue. This is something you'll never see in the middle of a day. Third Avenue in New York City. This is the future when everybody leaves and heads to Florida. They're on their way to Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Look, somebody back there. Because they've all fled the city, and it'll be a city only of criminals, homeless, emotionally disturbed, and migrants. I am Nostradamus. I see what's coming in 2024. Mm. Vast sea of emptiness. Well, that's good. Uh, That's good. So, let's see. We have too many migrants coming in. Uh, More migrants the collection of migrants that have been added to our country in the last three and a half years equal the population of 38 states in America. Equal or above the population of 38. We only have 50 states. I just want you to know that. We only have 50. 38 of them are now smaller than the people we have let in. That's in- that, I mean, I just, hmm, that's interesting. And then we have some really real, I mean, we have some real problems. And I'm glad that we're dealing. What are we focused on? Go ahead. 
The woman who runs the bullying internet account Libs of TikTok was given a spot on the Oklahoma Library Board, the statewide board. She is not from Now, can Oklahoma. I just stop for a second? This is a man in a dress who clearly has, I mean, maybe it's his first day with the makeup. You know, you I don't like it. I, I don't. I don't. No? I, I think it's a little, and you might want to shave uh, just a little bit. And the low cut, you know, dress there is nice. But again, maybe you could shave just a little. Anyway, mm-hmm. this guy is having a serious conversation about what's acceptable in libraries. And people are just watching it going, well, he's making a good point. He's not. <laughs> how? <laughs> Play the damn horse running down the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about this one? Cut 17. I'm so glad someone's finally asking this question. My problem is that I'm too hot, too successful in my career. I make too much money. I have too many amazing friends and family, too many cute clothes. Do you know how hard it is to choose an outfit each day? I also have so many amazing and hot people sliding into my DMs every day. Again, it's a it's a man with boobs. It's a woman with a beard. I, I I don't I have. I don't know. You've never had to deal with problems like that, that you're too hot. People always slipping into your DMs. You know, no. This, pers- this person has to deal with that every day. Every day. Do you know how hard it is yeah. to pick out a you know set of clothes every day? Must no, be difficult. I have no idea. I wear the same clothes. I've been wearing them since the third grade. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I swear to you. I mean, this story makes more sense than any other story I've seen today. Oh, wow. Look, a horse running down the highway in Philadelphia. When that becomes like, eh. That is the most sensible story we've talked about in this segment. It is. It is. Sometimes horses run down the highway. Now, I would just like to point out, Mm -hmm. and maybe I've been in a coma, so... I don't remember it, but sometimes you wouldn't remember a coma and you're all being nice to me and you're like, don't say anything to him. Just he's forgotten that he's been in a coma for 400 years and we were in, I don't know, some cryo freezer. I don't know how this happened, but maybe I've been in a coma. But from where I'm sitting, none of this is normal. May we just all take a moment and go, none of this is normal this is not the way a civilization behaves am i alone on this i i don't i mean apparently so apparently (laughs) apparently so by the way the horse is uh, is okay the horse is yeah horse is okay that would be the thing out of this monologue that Mm -hmm. is what somebody you know would uh, but what happened to the horse (laughs) i was it's those damn cars and that's suvs i don't know what they're doing there they're killing the planet have you heard about the big umbrella that we want to put in space don't put big umbrellas in space are you out of your minds oh man i just if i was in a coma I want the doctors to know, put me back into the coma, please. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Steve Krakauer, 
uh, who um, used to work here. And yeah. you and where were you working before you worked before at the here? Blaze? I was at CNN. So it was uh, oh, yes, I was at CNN God. for about three and a half years. It was a very different CNN, I have to say, back in 2010 to 2013 when I was there. Yeah, well, I I had just left there, and it was a, right. I mean, it was still the same, but it was not out of control. Right. You right. know, the guardrails were on. Yeah, I mean, bit. they wouldn't yeah. crucify you in the hallway <laughs> with literal nails. Uh, I think they would now. But uh, and then you came here, and you were working at the Blaze for a long time. Yeah. you've you've moved on. You left. You left us, and uh, you left us for somebody better looking and more talented. Uh, uh, you went to uh, work with Megan Kelly. Yes. But you also uh, have your own thing. You've written uh, a book. This came out last year. Last year, yeah. Okay. It's been republished now in paperback. It's called Uncovered How the Media Got Cozy with Power, Abandoned Its Principles, and Lost the People. Um, you've been watching the media for a long time and watching politics and how it's been covered. There's something, there's a, there's a replay of sorts, I think, and I, I know you wrote about this in the book, but I want to see what you, if you believe it ties back in, and that's the Bernie Sanders getting the shaft from the DNC in 2020. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I think you can, I, I write in Uncovered about the way Bernie Sanders got the shaft in 2016 as well. And then again in 2020 by the DNC, we, we saw this incredible moment. They actually made a point of this when they covered this in the New York Times of saying, you know, Bernie Sanders was, was really kind of coasting to victory. He had won huge in New Hampshire. That was he, in 2016, right? Well, in 2016, and then again in 2020, mm -hmm. you know, and he won Nevada. And then there was this moment where Pete Buttigieg, who was doing pretty well in his campaign, and Amy Klobuchar, all of a sudden, they dropped all out. dropped out. They all got behind Joe Biden in this final push to stop Bernie Sanders, stop the, the big upstart, the big progressive, the anti-establishment candidate on the Democratic side. But what was different in 2020 and what I write about in Uncovered versus 2016 was it was also the media. You, I went back and I looked at some of that MSNBC coverage, Joy Reid, Chris Matthews. They were going so hard against Bernie Sanders, but not just against Bernie Sanders, but against his own supporters. And they were rallying the rest of the Democratic Party and saying, you know, you have to get in line. CNN, it, it, this incredible moment, they, they, I have to say they kind of created the story of Bernie Sanders having this, this sexist moment with Elizabeth Warren, where mm. he said, oh, a woman can't become president. Oh, yeah. And then it was, it, that story gets published by CNN. And then that night is the CNN debate where Elizabeth Warren could then attack Bernie Sanders over it. So there were all these little moments where the corporate press was essentially working in collusion with the DNC to stop Bernie Sanders. And I believe that we've seen a playbook for this. And now we, we, we fast forward to 2024. At the time, that was in We're support. seeing it again. Yeah, it was in support of Joe Biden. Now we see potentially, I think, the drip, drip, drip happening as Recline podcast last week, certain stories. If Joe Biden were to step aside, here's how they could replace him. We're starting to see this happen. And I think that if we really start to see media stories, places like a CNN, places like MSNBC, start to talk about what's really going on behind the scenes at the White House or potentially some maybe some big Hunter Biden investigation. Then we start to know they're done with Joe Biden. You, they're ready to move on. You know, mm. that's coming. They started going after Dr. Jill. Yeah. You know, this just this week that she's really the force behind him staying because she wants vengeance. That was the word vengeance. Uh, I mean, I don't know who's really crossed Dr. Jill, but <laughs> right. okay. Uh, but she wants vengeance. And I thought that story would not have come out in 2020. There's no way. No, there's no way they are now going after her and just sending a subtle signal. 
we'll we'll continue to do that you really want to surrender yeah yeah i don't think the story would have come out in 2023 i i think that the 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 her report the special counsel report was a big moment and we we've seen the polls i mean you know 86 percent of americans including most democrats think that joe biden's too old to run if this is really going to continue down this path and i do think that the state of the union coming up next month is a big pivot point if Ooh. if joe biden is able to sort of be okay on that big stage maybe the rest of the democratic establishment the elites on the democratic side and the media stays behind it but if he doesn't if he stumbles i think we're going to see the floodgates open and we've seen you know like i write and uncovered the media on the left has tremendous power to sway their base and if they really get behind it it's over joe biden will have to step aside even if he says i can do the job it appears the American people thinks I think I can't. And then we start to open the idea of, okay, what happens next? Is it Harris? Is it Michelle Obama? Who steps into that There's role? There's no way it's Harris. I, I, I don't I, think it's possible. Yeah. I think that's more likely than Obama. Still, yeah. I do. I mean, do you really? I do. I, I mean, again, she's terrible, and and there's there's no reason she's to believe she's unlikable. This job, I. It's totally true. Everything you're saying is true. It still would be difficult though, uh, to just replace her. I mean, I, you can, just to skip over her, Michelle Obama would be the one figure you could see that happening with because they could justify, well, it's it's an Obama, it's a black woman, we can do this. But it'll be hard to skip over. I, I don't think Gavin Newsom's a realistic possibility. Is, I don't. Is, I, I don't either. Point. Right. I think I think Michelle Obama, Kamala, but I think is a. I mean, she's just unlikable. Um, Susan Rice is. A, it has to be a yeah. black woman. Yeah, has to be a black woman if you're going if you're to, to go with Kamala. If you're not going to go with Kamala. Well, this is this is why I, I think it's so important for a really discerning viewer and reader to look at what the media is putting out there. They they are are in the know on a lot of these things. There was an Axios piece recently about kind of behind the scenes of the Biden administration that essentially propped up Susan Rice as this really key figure who she knew so much more than Kamala Harris on the border. She was really taking it to Alejandro Mayorkas behind the scenes. Mm maybe planted by the Susan Rice people to kind of position her as a potential well, savior there as well. Is she running the White House? Is she the one that's the point person at the White House? I, I think that she was a part of that Obama-Biden blob that was part of it. She has now stepped aside. She she is, last year, it was, you know, essentially removed. But you look at the people, Anita Dunn, uh, Susan Rice, a lot of these holdovers from the Obama years. I mean, a lot of people have described the Biden administration as the third Obama administration, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's essentially and, and, what we're you getting. Know, they say they mock that now, but that came from the New York Times right. even in 2020. You know, they say it's a, a shadow for him. Basically, they were basically arguing on the well, behalf of Biden. Essentially, this is don't worry, it's a third Obama administration. Right. But there was also somebody um, who was taking it apart and saying, you know, had been taking it apart and saying. Well, you know, everybody thought that was crazy. Look at who he has now in the White House. It's all Obama people. Right, right. And Obama's oh. the only one that hasn't moved away from D.C. No, no president has ever done that. I know, I know. And to your Michelle Obama point, recently on Jay Shetty's very highly rated podcast, uh, why? She wasn't there to promote anything, but she's there talking Trump, talking politics. So you start to mm. get these seeds and, and you wonder what is really behind it. And I, and I do think that what, what's most interesting about this current you know moment that we're in is Biden is you know, part of the blob. He's not the Bernie Sanders type. He's 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 very much part of the establishment. And and wh whoever's running that White House is part of that. Also, the corporate media, uh, I, I, have, I have quotes in the, on the record in the book about people saying how the people that are covering the Biden White House have spent decades working and 
essentially having cocktail parties with the people in the White House. They know these people extremely well. It's not necessarily they're all colluding together, but mm-hmm. they go to their each other's kids' soccer games. Yeah, they're, they know they're just, each other. They're part of that Acela media in New York and D.C. So you're going to get the signs in, in the media. It's inevitable. If that's where the Dem- Democratic Party wants to go, it will be fed through the corporate media. So it feels like that already, but it's not, but it's, uh, it doesn't seem sure-footed yet. And you're right. saying it's going to be the uh, possibly. I I think if, if I'm diagnosing your bet with Stu, I think it's probably 50-50 still. I think okay. that it's 50-50. Would you like to uh, <laughs> like to double the bet? I mean, we already have even odds on this bet. I know. Would it? you like to double it? Want to make it oh, wow. $2,000, not just 1000 I mean, the problem is percentage of income. I'm the one getting screwed here, right? Like, we oh, all understand now this. we're a oh, socialist. Now, now we have to be all equal. <laughs> I mean, uh, here's the thing. And, and let me just let me talk this out in my head as we're going mm, through this. Yeah, yeah. One of the arguments that I, because I, I think Kamala Harris is, she's still the most obvious choice. It would be difficult to overlook her. One of the reasons why I felt like Biden would stay in place is because if Kamala, who comes into power, uh, becomes the candidate, she has her own people. Right. And all those people who are with Biden now are like, we're going to lose our gig if Kamala's the person because Kamala, there's, they're totally, they have totally different circles. The Michelle Obama point, though, is a good one here because they are sort of the same circles. Like some of them are Biden loyalists, the Antony Blinkens of the world, but a lot of them are sort of Obama uh, affiliated. So, I mean, it makes me hesitant. But I mean, again... <laughs> She said over and over again she doesn't want to do it. <laughs> All right, two thousand. Let's do it. Two thousand. Wow. Two thousand. We're updating it. Two thousand. That's right. good. I, I think it's it's what we've got the bet in now, so it's done. <laughs> okay. But but I, I think we're going to learn a lot more in the near future. I, I think we're, mm. we're we're the fact that the the train is out the station now. Right, it's moving. We're watching it happen in the press. Now we start to see whether so it's going to continue. Nothing like this has ever been done before. No. Okay. This will yeah. be complete. It'll be a horse on the highway. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but yes. uh, go ahead and uh, play. This is on, I think it's I-76 <laughs> in Philadelphia. I can't stop watching it. I've seen it 25 times this morning, and I still watch it every time it pops it, up. Because you've never seen it before. Yeah. It's a horse on the highway. Okay. <laughs> and that's what this will be. Right. Can you walk us through on on what has to happen? I mean... I mean, they could could they do that in the in the Republican Party? I, yes, in, in in theory they could. Okay, so Although, hang on, explain yeah. explain both of those to me here in just a second. Uh, the name of the book is Uncovered, Uncovered by Steve Krakauer. Uh, you can uh, get it wherever you buy your uh, books, or you can go to his website readuncovered.com. dot 